Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Scholes. And today we have the final story, quite finally, of the Blue Fairy Book by Andrew Lang. This story, much like the previous one, well, it was written in dialect, in Irish, by Andrew Lang, and because of that, and because I know my limits, I have an anglicized version of the Red Etten. There was once a widow that lived on a small bit of ground which she rented from a farmer, and she had two sons, and by and by it was time for the wife to send them away to seek their fortune. So she told her eldest son one day to take a can and bring her water from the well that she might bake a cake for him and however much or however little water he might bring, the cake would be great or small accordingly, and that cake was to be all she could give him when he went on his travels. The lad went away with the can to the well and filled it with water and then came away home again. But the can being broken, the most part of the water had run out before he got back. So his cake was very small. Yet small as it was, his mother asked him if he was willing to take half of it with him, with her blessing, telling him that if he chose rather to take the whole, he would only get it with her curse. The young man, thinking he might have to travel a far way and not knowing when or how he might get other provisions, said he would like to have the whole cake come out of his mother's maelstrom what might. So she gave him the whole cake and her malison along with it. Then he took his brother aside and gave him a knife to keep till he should come back, desiring him to look at it every morning and as long as it continued to be clear, then he might be sure that the owner of it was well. But if it grew dim and rusty, then for certain, some ill had befallen him. So the young man went to seek his fortune, and he went all that day and all the next day, and on the third day in the afternoon he came to where a shepherd was sitting with a flock of sheep. He went up to the shepherd, and asked him who the sheep belonged to, and he answered, The Red Etten of Ireland once lived in Ballygan, and stole King Malcolm's daughter, the King of Fair Scotland. He beats her, he binds her, he lays her on a band, and every day he strikes her with a bright silver wand. Like Julian the Roman, he's one that fears no man. It's said there's one predestinate to be his mortal foe, but that man is yet unborn, and long may it be so. The shepherd also told him to beware the beasts he should meet next, for they were of a very different kind from any he had yet seen. So the young man went on, and by and by he saw a multitude of the very dreadful beasts, with two heads and on every head four horns. He was so frightened, and ran away from them as fast as he could, and glad was he when he came to a castle that stood on a hillock, with a door standing wide open to the wall. He went into the castle for shelter, and there he saw an old wife sitting beside the kitchen fire. He asked the wife if he might stay for the night, as he was tired with a long journey. The wife said he might, but it was not a good place for him to be in, as it belonged to the Red Etten. It was a very terrible beast with three heads that spared no living man it could get hold of. The young man would have gone away, but he was afraid of the beasts on the outside of the castle, so he beseeched the old woman to hide him as best she could, and not tell the Etten he was there. He thought if he could put over the night, 
he might get away in the morning without meeting with the beasts, and so escape. But he had not been long in his hiding hole before the awful Etten came in, and no sooner was he in than he was heard crying, Snook Bot and Snook Ben, I find the smell of an earthly man, be he living or be he dead, his heart this night shall kitchen my bread. The monster soon found the poor young man and pulled him from his hole, and when he had got him out, he told him that if he could answer him three questions, his life should be spared. So the first head asked, A thing without end, what's that? But the young man knew not. Then the second head said, The smaller, the more dangerous, what's that? But the young men knew it not. And then the third head asked, The dead carry the living, rill me that. But the young man had to give it up. The lad, not being able to answer one of these questions, the Red Etten took a mallet and knocked him on the head and turned him into a pillar of stone. On the morning this happened, the younger brother took out the knife to look at it, and he was grieved to find it all brown with rust. He told his mother that the time was now come for him to go away on his travels also, so she requested him to take the can to the well for water, that she might make a cake for him. And he went, and as he was bringing home the water, a raven over his head cried to him to look, and he would see that the water was running out. And he was a young man of sense, and seeing the water running out, he took some clay and patched up the holes so that he brought home enough water to bake a large cake. When his mother put it to him to take the half-cake with her blessing, he took it in preference to having the whole cake with her malison, and yet the half was bigger than what the other lad had got. So he went away on his journey, and after he had travelled a far away he met with an old woman that asked him if he would give her a bit of his bannock. And he said, I will gladly do that. And so he gave her a piece of the bannock, and for that she gave him a magic wand, that might yet be of service to him, if he took care to use it rightly. Then the old woman, who was a fairy, told him a great deal that would happen to him, and what he ought to do in all circumstances, and after that she vanished in an instant out of his sight. He went on a great way farther, and then he came up to the old man herding the sheep, and when he asked him whose sheep these were, the answer was, The Red Etten of Ireland once lived in Ballygan and stole King Malcolm's daughter, the King of Fair Scotland. He beats her, he binds her, he lays her on a band, and every day he strikes her with a bright silver wand. Like Julian the Roman, he's one that fears no man. But now I fear his end is near and destiny at hand, and you're to be, I plainly see, the heir of all this land. When he came to the place where the monstrous beasts were standing, he did not stop nor run away, but went boldly through amongst them. One came up roaring with open mouth to devour him, when he struck it with his wand, and lay dead an instant later at his feet. He soon came to the Etten's castle, where he knocked and was admitted. The old woman, who sat by the fire, warned him of the terrible Etten, and what had been the fate of his brother, but he was not to be daunted. The monster soon came in, saying, Snook Pot and Snook Ben, I find the smell of an earthly man, be he living or be he dead, his heart this night shall kitchen my bread. He quickly espied the young man, and bade him come forth on the floor. And then he put the three questions to him. But the young man had been told everything by the good fairy, so he was able to answer all of the questions. 
So when the first head asked, What's the thing without an end? He said, A ball. And when the second head asked, The smaller, the more dangerous, what's that? He said at once, A bridge. And at last, the third head said, When does the dead carry the living? Riddle me that. Then the young man answered up all at once and said, When a ship sails on the sea with men inside her. When the Etten found this, he knew that his power was gone. The young man then took up an axe and hewed off the monster's three heads. He next asked the old woman to show him where the king's daughter lay, and the old woman took him upstairs and opened a great many doors, and out of every door came a beautiful lady who had been imprisoned here by the Etten, and one of the ladies was the king's daughter. She also took him down into a low room, and there stood a stone pillar that he had only to touch with his wand when his brother started to life. And the whole of the prisoners were overjoyed at their deliverance, for which they thanked the young man. Next day they all set out for the king's court, and a gallant company they made. And the king married his daughter to the young man that had delivered her, and gave a noble's daughter to his brother. And so they all lived happily all the rest of their days. And that seems like the perfect way to end this book. The Blue Fairy Book by Andrew Lang, the first of his many fairy books. And starting in our next episode, we won't be continuing with Andrew Lang's books. In fact, we'll be starting a new book, one we've read selections from in the past, but never the full book. This will be the Chinese Fairy Book. So join us next episode as we dive into a whole new set of stories from China. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Folktale Project. If you'd like to help support the project, you can head over to patreon.com slash folktaleproject. Or you could always just share with the stories with someone you love. I do appreciate that. As always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>